This is the Ops Authority Podcast, where my mission is to break down the backside of your business so you can take the right actions to grow and scale. Hey, I'm Natalie Gingrich, a small business operations expert, and I'm going to give you a front row seat to real solutions that will help you reach the vision that you have for your business, all while equipping you to put out those inevitable pesky fires and those fears that pop up. Listen in for strategies to grow your team, craft the systems and processes that you need for your business, and establish business foundations that you may have skipped over. I know you're ready to do really big things, so let's do it together. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to the Ops Authority Podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Gingrich, and we have our Director of Coaching, Amy, here today because we are back with a DOO download. What is the DO download, you might be asking? Well, this is a series where you're going to get the wisdom of the two of us, two directors of operations who have been there and done that. We'll be dishing you the DO download on common questions that are popping up from our community. We hope you enjoyed this conversation and learn a whole lot in the process. I'm pretty confident that you will. And if you have questions that you would like our viewpoint on, why don't you go ahead and submit those to podcast at theopsauthority.com and you will hear us answering those in the near future. Alrighty, ladies, we're going to dive right into one of the questions that popped up recently. And this is something we see a lot. How do I exit a business when I'm realizing that our values no longer match? So this comes up really, sometimes you're in a business and you finally understand that values really do help you to understand if this is the right place for you to be or not. Sometimes you do that work ahead of time. Sometimes you learn it in the process. And sometimes they were dishonest in the beginning. And I think all of those have been scenarios that I have personally been in. I can tell you, this is a plug for our own, you know, some of the teachings that we do here. And it's a shameless plug because values truly are the most important thing in finding the right clients and building the kind of career, whether you're looking for an employer or, you know, another client understanding your values and then looking for similar values in those people that you're going to surround yourself really is the place where you're going to find yourself being able to soar when you find that alignment. So this question is about what do I do? I'm in a situation where I can see that my client's values are different than mine. And what do I do? So Amy, what what would you do? Well, I've been here. And I mean, I think the first thing is, I mean, it's not an easy decision and giving yourself the time and space to actually like, I'm a big fan of a pro con list. I will just put it out there. There's probably a lot of situations where I'm gonna be like, we should pro con this out. It's okay to take the time to really sit down and determine, is this right for me and not make this decision rash, like rash that you need to do, because especially if it's been a long-term relationship and you realize like, wow, I'm not comfortable and I need to leave. For a lot of us, that's not something that we can just easily just go because we've been talking to an individual, to business, to teammates for so long that you're taking a big part of your day-to-day life away. To me, it's about what does an exit strategy look like to you where you feel comfortable and confident that you are leaving in the best foot possible, where you've been able to give yourself the exit where you are leaving in integrity, and then being able to determine how much do you need to give to the client to let them know and understand why you are leaving. For some of us, it's important to share why you're leaving. And for others, you might not want to. And I think that's a personal decision. I am always a fan of giving 
probably more notice than most people do, but I really like to leave on a good note so that relationships where even though we might not work together, I know that I can always come back with a gentle hello and how's your business doing, even if we're no longer value aligned it's not going to be an awkward space. So I like a good 30-day notice for anyone where I'm in a high-level relationship with someone and then give them an option to say, I can continue on as our contract is, or we can pause what I'm doing right now and I can flip over to begin hiring my replacement. It's up to you. What about you, Nat? Yeah, as you were talking through that, you know, like you said, I've been in this situation and I've been there where I really couldn't make a move because I was kind of landlocked to the financial blessing or income that this client was bringing me. At the end of the day, my number one suggestion, we're all going to handle this differently and we're going to have different tolerances based on kind of the grievance, right? When you realize that values are not matching yours, it didn't come up out of the blue. There was probably a circumstance or an experience or you know, something happened where you're like, ew, I do not jive with this or I cannot work around this. And you have that feeling. And the next thought is, okay, so now what am I going to do with it? Do I break up today? Do I break up tomorrow? Do I set the foundation? For me, depending on the level of the grievance, let's just call it a grievance or the difference. And this has been for the most part in my situation, I always felt pretty confident in having a conversation, just being bold enough. And it took me some time. I'm a, I'm a long processor. And so it may take me a week sometimes to come up with the right words, to gain the confidence, to have the conversation. But when I have seen this come up, I will bring it back to the client and say, you know, and just sit down with them and, and ask for a one-off. You know, it, I don't recommend this being like in your weekly call with your client, but have a separate conversation with them, you know, as impromptu as it can be for you and discuss where you're seeing this. Be honest and saying, hey, I saw this and that is something and call out the word values. I would say in this case, like saying that this is a value that I do not support. It does not match me. And it's going to be uncomfortable for me to support this if this truly represents you. Is this intentional? Is this the way you feel? And you want to put it out there in a, in a way where you both feel safe because honestly, you want them to be very truthful with you. And if you're saying something like, I'm just going to pull out a value that nobody likes because it's simple, right? Like they were dishonest, right? And they lied or they over they exaggerated or they over-presented something maybe to their audience or to their peer group. I don't know, whatever. But Anytime you see lying, like nobody likes lying. And if you go back to somebody and you say, did you intend to lie? I mean, they're, they're going to come back and say no, right? So that's why I think it has to be very thoughtful. And when you see this and you feel that feeling and you see the mistrust or the misalignment, I should say, in that value, now you know it, document it in your head. And now look in reverse and see, okay, over the life of this relationship, is this something that has been a pattern that I have not seen? Or did I give them the benefit of the doubt on time one, time two, time three, because I needed this financial steadiness for me and my business, my family, my income? Did I look over, and I've glazed over things before in the past too, that have, they always end up coming back at a point where I'm like, okay, time out time to reset. I can't do this anymore. So when I get to that place, I tend to pause for a little bit. My energy, and this is true, the energy that I would typically be spending on that client now shifts to like self-preservation and how am I going to have that conversation? Because I can't stay here in this environment. And when I have that conversation, it's like, I am now kind of reassessing 
where do I fit? Now I start to make that second level, start to have that second level conversation with myself of, can I stay here in this environment or is it really time to leave? And I tried to do my best to give the employer or the client the benefit of the doubt until we have that conversation. But there definitely have been circumstances where it was a it was a fast timeout and there was no time for a conversation because it was just ethically inappropriate for me to stick around there and to risk being in that environment. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, unfortunately, because it would be so easy if it was like a black or white answer, right? But because it's values, it has to be like where you, I think we all have a line where we're like, you know what, this is it. This is what I have to do. One specific tactic I I have used in the past that I think makes it a little bit easier when you've made the decision about like what you want to do for exiting my personal approach. And this works for not just values misalignment, but anything is I have written the email that outlines reasons, basically giving the notice, here's why, very formal, very corporate side. And so the email goes out. And then depending on how we've done communication currently, if it's Foxer, Slack, whatever it may be, I immediately follow up with our standard communication that's a little bit personal to let them know they have an email from me and scheduling a meeting at that point, because there is a level of, I'd like to talk to you, but there is also a formal resignation with reasons. So they know what the conversation is and they have that before we talk. And so we're all going into the meeting, knowing what's happening and that I've given them the respect to also reach out to them the way that our relationship has always been. And that has helped, I think, keep it very clean for both of us. And it's also just personally kept me from backing out because sometimes it's easy to just be like, you know what? I'm actually, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine. And like Nat said, like sometimes financially it's, you can convince yourself to stay into something that you might not want to just because of what you need for your own personal family reasons or anything until you get to that point. So just a little tip there. Yeah. And that is definitely the strongest personal option available to us. I really like that. And I I do know that it does take some holding me to it. Sometimes, you know, I'll be belaboring over this stuff with my peer group, my mastermind, and they help me, they hold me accountable to actually doing it. Natalie, you can't contend, you know, you, you know, you want to move forward from this. And the only way to do that sometimes is to have other people kind of keeping an eye on you. So I love that idea of formally sending it to, it does show your professionalism too. And then the way that they respond to that is not for you right? Like once you get to the point where you want to write an email, ladies, the decision is done, right? You you know it and it will reinforce it. I wanted to give you guys a couple other resources in addition to what Amy just shared. We recorded a podcast. It's episode number 114. So if you go to theopsauthority.com forward slash 114, you will see that we have already recorded a previous podcast on how to break up with a client. Now, in this case, this is talking about the breakup and not every single one of these mismatches and these conversations are going to end in a breakup. I want to make sure that we clarify that. But if you get to that point and you will in a lot of relationships, all relationships, actually, this is kind of the gold standard in the way that I have been able to handle this. So theopsauthority.com forward slash 114, that will lead you to that podcast. The other thing is we have kind of a short training for you and a workbook on mission, vision, and values. And it's going to be hard to know what your values are. It's going to be hard for you to have this conversation if you haven't gone through the exercise of knowing what those values are. I find that if I have done this work, that is the work that grounds me in making 
really almost every single business decision. So if you've not taken the time to do this, go to theopsauthority.com forward slash mission, like mission, vision, and values, but it's just theopsauthority.com forward slash mission, and you can get that training available to you. And I think that will help also just to have the knowledge of what your values are. It's going to help you with looking for other businesses and clients who align with you, but also in a situation where you're like, why does this person not feel good to me? Or why do I feel like I just want to run away from this client? I promise you, it always comes back to a values misalignment. So I know that it will be a very helpful training. Alrighty. Another question, Amy, that came in is, this is something, it made me chuckle because I see a lot of myself in this. And the statement in question is, I get very nervous when talking to new people. And when that happens, I tend to talk too much and too long. Any suggestions to help me stay concise when connecting to new people? (laughs) I, I mean, you can take away the new people thing. I just tend to talk too long and too often. So, but when I get nervous, right, I definitely can over talk and sometimes I can even over project. Sometimes I can talk over people when I'm in a place of, just nervousness. And so I love that this question came in. It also made me feel like I'm not as crazy as I feel sometimes. <laughs> so I'll I'll kind of dive into this at first, just knowing that this is something I am aware of in my sales conversations. I talk about this a lot inside of our community, but when I am on a sales call, I can overcomplicate I will share too much and not listen enough. And so when I reverse those, that's really the answer that I would suggest to the person who asked this question is to listen more. And I have built a framework for myself to try to help myself to keep wrangled in here. And that's to have a couple questions or kind of like an intake form. It doesn't have to be as formal as that, but to be able to start off a conversation and listen afterwards. Just start with a few questions and just listen to them. And here's the plus and the minus or the pro and the con. When you have that structure, it's just the guideline, but you cannot get so glued to that guideline that you don't listen to them because really, and this is getting into another, you know, probably another question that we will have come up and that's more into the sales process. But when I'm connecting to people, I want to genuinely hear them. Like that's what I've showed up for, but my nervousness overrides sometimes and I just start talking too much and I start, you know, explaining this and explaining that and telling them how I could be useful. And obviously that's not comfortable on the other side and it's not facilitating the outcome that you want. So for me, asking a few questions, really intently listening to what they're saying and then tying it back to a way that I could be helpful. And that what I just shared there, tying it back to something that could be helpful, that's not always appropriate in every conversation. Sometimes it's just like a coffee chat. Like, let's just get to know you. I do like in every interaction, I don't care if it's a friendship, if it's a professional relationship, it's just my, it's really what makes me special. But I love to listen and provide a solution or a strategy in every call. Like I find myself kind of coaching in that way and I'm okay with that. But I don't have to always bring it back to like a sales. Like this is how I could be helpful. I could just be genuinely sharing a suggestion for them to help them move forward faster. That's something I I like to do, but it sounds rudimentary, but really listening to what they have to say and not feeling like I have to guide 100% of that conversation. 
I love that. I, so when I heard this question, I was thinking about it just like in general interaction, not even in like the sales call side. And I can't remember where I've read it, but I read, it was honestly, it was probably on social media. I'm not even pretend that I was reading some sort of scholarly article over the weekend, but it was about how people respond back and forth to each other. And it's the first thing that popped in my mind. And it's a really great rule of thumb. And so if somebody is telling you a story for a large group of people, the way that we find connection is if you tell me a story, you hear the story and you're like, oh, that's so great. And it jogs your memory to be able to connect with a person by then sharing something similar because now you have a connection because you have something in common with them, right? And if this is something that you struggle with because you're like, I'm nervous, I'm meeting somebody new. Oh, wow, we have a connection. I can't wait to share that we have a connection. I'm going to share the story, but then you end up talking too much. That's probably where a friction point comes up. And the tip to shift, I loved it because it's, Instead of doing that, you hear a story, always ask one additional question to somebody once they finish telling the story, because now you've engaged back to them to show interest. And then once you've done that, then you can go ahead and share your unique experience so that you've made a connection. But that one additional question you ask a person shows them that you're interested in them before pulling back to yourself. And it just gives like a pause in your interaction. And I think that that would be really good just because it shows that not only can you shorten like what you're talking about with people, but you're allowing the focus to be on the person in day-to-day communication. And it works well in sales calls too, because you want them to talk a little bit more because at that point you're looking for selling clues. You're looking for what their pain points are, all of these different things that we really do need to know to see if we're going to be a fit from values, from what they're looking for in relationships and things like that. And the more that we can have somebody talk and the less that we talk, then we can take note and really see like, okay, do our pieces match together? And you can kind of figure out how much of my story do I need to tell them? And then I think probably the other thing is I'm always intrigued on, is it that I want to share something or am I trying to educate a person? And so I think that those are two different things that we do in conversation. And I would recommend really, truly maintaining eye contact in these conversations because there is a moment, and I know I see it all the time, where somebody's eyes begin to glaze over. And it's usually when you move to education and somebody doesn't want to be educated at that point. And that's probably like where you would see like, oh, I've probably talked a little bit too much. Since this is, I'm going to go ahead and put it out. There's a mostly female listening group. More commonly, you hear it in like the mansplaining side of things. Like people like educate when they you're just not ready for it. And it's different than what Nat was talking about, where she's like, we come in with an intent to, it's beneficial to strategize with a person because people have asked for it and they're ready to receive it. But if we're going into our communication and educating without like given the question to ask, that's what happens. And so those things I think can really help us adjust. Like, are we talking too much when people aren't ready? And friends, that is exactly why Amy is our director of coaching. I was listening and taking all of that in because I need to be reminded of this over and over. I will pull out the tip of really listening and being aware 
of number one, showing your connection back to them. I thought that that was a great tip because everyone wants to be talked to, not talked at. And that's where we get into that educational thing. When I said that I love to share strategies, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm listening to their problems, their challenges, or searching for opportunities. And I want to connect back to them. When you can do that, you will make a deeper relationship. And if you're looking to create a sale, then you've built that relationship, which translates into the sales piece a lot easier. I understand not every single conversation has to do that, but that's exactly what I'm doing. And you, you articulated that in a very, in a really, really strong way. So go back and listen to that again. But Amy is our director of coaching here and she brings an expertise. She's one of those rare individuals that has the ability to be very, very strong in marketing and operations at the same time. And and as you know, marketing and sales kind of go hand in hand. So you could see her. I saw you, Amy, just giving you a little shout out there, your expertise popping in and helping me because I, I will always need help in this. It's been a default of mine as long as I can possibly remember. And it can be something I just have to be aware of. So thank you. Oh, see, I think your candor is one of your biggest strengths because the type of conversation you were talking about is a sales conversation, which is a completely different dynamic. Like that, when someone's on a sales conversation with you, they're hoping for strategy. And we, at that point, get to determine, am I running a sales conversation or a discovery call Mm -hmm. where I give strategy or not? And so like, and it's a personal decision, like, do you give strategy on this call or not? And so for you to give that out, it gives a piece of your expertise so that somebody is able to see like, oh, to be able to work with Natalie, this is what I'm getting. And so like that is a hundred percent. People are craving that at the moment, you know? So it's different. Yeah. There are times when I'm playing through a few scenarios and recent scenarios in my mind, but where I will be on a call and I'm like, oh, I've got a great strategy or I could tell them exactly who to hire or how to hire or, but I can tell they're just not, they don't want to hear me. Like they, mm-hmm. they already have the solution and I have to be, open enough and listening well enough and intuitive enough and just know that my job at this moment is just to listen to get off the phone. Like I Mm -hmm. proverbial phone, but it doesn't matter what I'm going to say. I could over talk my way into that relationship. And sometimes I will tell myself, well, no, 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 Natalie, if you could go in and if you could just show them this, if, if you could get their attention long enough to educate them, you know, I could really help them whether it's through a service or just that advice that I have for them. But you have to be aware. You have to be aware on the other side, like, are they open for you or are they not? And there are a handful of people that I get on the phone with or Zoom with, and it wouldn't matter if I showed them how to solve world peace. They already know how to do it. So it wouldn't matter what I had to say. And what happens in that case when I'm trying to like really pull them in and convince them, Oh, goodness gracious. Those calls can become very, very long. And for not, literally for not, you know, I I am able to see when people just, I don't know why they scheduled the call, but for whatever reason, we're on this call and they already know how to do everything. So Natalie, you know, just be quiet. That's my role at that time. So Mm -hmm. thanks for that combo. Alrighty, friends. Well, that wraps up today's DOO download. I hope that this has been helpful. Again, if you've got some questions that you or scenarios that you would like to talk through, you've got two DOO experts who are here, ready, excited to dive into these. These are really fun episodes for us to record. Plus, it gives me an opportunity to connect with Amy and you guys get the benefit of hearing all the things that we talk about offline because this is the kind of nerdy stuff that we talk about. So if you've got a question, send it over to podcast at theopsauthority.com and you will be hearing those answers or that response in the next couple of weeks. Thanks so much for being here today and we'll see you next week. 
thank you for investing just a little bit of time to listen to this episode of the Ops Authority Podcast. I am so grateful to be surrounded by real action takers like you who are invested in growing their business through operations. Will you add one more action to your to-do list today? Visit theopsauthoritypodcast.com where you can join our community of business owners and other ops experts. You're going to hear from me in a week, but in the meantime, do big things on the backside of your business.